Welcome back to Camp Wire. I'm Sam Hurt, the host of the American Camp Association's podcast on all things camp. There is a lot going on at ACA right now uh, between local office conferences and accreditation update and Camp Moves Me. There is a lot to offer for camp professionals. So keep an eye out on your local office newsletters that come out every other Friday, on the national newsletter ACA Now that comes out every Tuesday in your inbox and uh, also social media. Um, Lots of ways to stay informed about what's going on at ACA and in your area. Today on the episode, you'll hear uh, two conversations I had. Many of you know about Camp Moves Me, uh, but for those that don't or for those of you who have forgotten, I I spoke with Paul Sheridan, uh, the director of of Four Winds Westward Ho out in Washington, about the month-long fundraising campaign that started yesterday. If you haven't signed up for Camp Moves Me, there is plenty of time to get a team together and do it. Um, so check out the conversation for more details. Um, I also spoke with ACA's new Chief Operating Officer, Henry DeHart. Uh, this will be a good chance for listeners to get to know our newest addition to our uh, leadership team here at ACA. Whew, big intro. Uh, so let's get to the conversations. So I'm Paul Sheridan. I'm the executive director of Four Winds Westward Ho. Um, we are an independent, not-for-profit, uh, co-ed, traditional sleepaway camp uh, on Norcross Island in Washington State. Uh, and yeah, I've been here for 14 years now, and we've uh, really enjoyed being a part of Camp Moves Me. Awesome. And uh, what, what, did you go to camp as a kid? You know, I, I did a little bit. I went uh, to um, to Boy Scout camp. Boy Scouting was actually a pretty big part of my life uh, as a as a young kid. Um, but camp itself wasn't, I would say, a huge part of my life as a child. What happened was I took a job as a canoe trip leader at a summer camp in northern Wisconsin called Birch Trail. Uh, the summer after I graduated from college, uh, and I thought it was going to be you know, kind of a, just a one summer just summer to kill, no big deal, uh, screw around in the woods. Um, and, uh, you know, had a profound experience uh, working with kids in the outdoors uh, and decided to change career paths. And that's really what, what really engaged me in summer camp uh, as a profession. Awesome. Awesome. And then, and then so that, that got you engaged. How did you go about becoming a summer camp professional? Did you go to school for it or did you just become a counselor first or? Yeah. Well, first of all, I had to uh, drive home to my parents and tell them that I was totally changing career paths and wanted to work with kids in the outdoors as a career. Um, but once that was done, uh, I, I applied to a master's degree programs and ended up getting a master's in environmental education um, from the University of Minnesota Duluth, uh, which also freed me up to do three more summers at Burst Trail, um, where I was a trip leader and a trip director. Uh, and uh, once that fourth summer was over and the master's degree was done, 
there was no year round job at Burst Trail. I was uh, done with the master's degree and I sort of had to you know, figure out the next step. I ended up taking a, a job uh, for a wilderness therapy program in North Idaho uh, called Ascent, uh, which is now defunct, but I worked for them for 14 months um, <clears throat> doing work with, with troubled kids in the outdoors, uh, which was really good work um, and, and really gave me an opportunity to, uh, number one, stay in the field, and number two, really flex my counseling muscles. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and did that for uh, 14 months. I was pretty quickly looking for, uh, um, for work with kids that, that weren't in, the, in so much trouble uh, uh, when I took that job, just because I knew it wasn't going to be my, my long-term career. Uh, and was very fortunate to find four wins uh, and got the assistant director job here uh, in the off season of 0405. Uh, and um, yeah, and then was, was really fortunate to find it four wins. It was, it's an old, uh, we just celebrated our 90th anniversary uh, camp. Um, oh, and congrats. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, and um, you know, old traditional four week long summer camp, which was very similar to, to Burst Trail in a lot of ways. Uh, there are some significant differences, but um, I was casting my net a lot wider than four week traditional summer camps, which is really what had caused me to want to get into this business. Uh, so to find another four week traditional summer camp uh, uh, and was, was a huge stroke of luck uh, and got the assistant director job. And then four years later, uh, the director position opened up. I threw my hat in the ring and what I thought was going to be a three to five year, you know, kind of first year round job uh, ended up being, now 14 years and counting and wow. uh, we've been here for uh for 14 years and uh and we live here and uh my wife and i got married here and we had two kids and uh we love the camp and we love we love being here that's awesome so you have been with us doing camp moving now for a few years uh since it started mm-hmm. i believe and uh can you kind of just give people who don't know what camp moves me is like a quick description of what exactly is going on Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess the first bit of it is that it's, you know, it, it's, it's one of these, uh, like a walkathon or a runathon or, or in the case of Camp Moves Me, you can choose whatever sport you want. Uh, you have to, it has to be something that can be measured in miles, but uh, you can run or bike or kayak or stand up paddleboard or whatever you want to do. Uh, um, and you do so to raise money for, uh, for kids that need financial aid to attend summer camp. Uh, and when, uh, Camp Moves Me got started, uh, all the money went towards the ACA's uh, Send the Child to Camp Fund. Um, and that's still an option uh, for folks that are uh, unaffiliated with a particular camp or, uh, or who, who can't do what I'm about to talk about. Um, but if you're an ACA accredited camp uh, and you can get set up um, with some paperwork, uh, which Sam, maybe you can describe yeah. further what the paperwork is. Sure. Uh, but, uh, you can essentially raise money for your own camp's financial aid program. Uh, ACA takes a, a small fee to, to be able to run the, uh, uh, the fundraiser. Um, but you as a camp director can go out to your community, uh, get people to themselves, uh, set their challenge, I'm gonna run 20 miles, I'm gonna bike 100 miles, whatever it is. Uh, and they go out to their social networks and raise money uh, for the thing that they care about. Um, and it's a, it's a really, excellent uh, program for a lot of reasons. Um, arguably the biggest reason is that it gets people talking about summer camp on social media. Uh, and, and the people that are out there running or biking or whatever they're doing 
you want to encourage them to post about it quite a bit. Uh, it gives them an excuse to post and it, it puts camp in people's timelines uh, and it gets people thinking about camp and talking about camp. And you know, some, one of your camp counselors uh, will post and their high school friends will read it and their aunts and uncles will read it. And there are all these people that may not know about summer camp will hear about this thing that matters so much to the person that's out there running or biking or whatever it is. Um, right. And so that's a huge, huge benefit. Um, from a fundraising standpoint, uh, we're a nonprofit organization. We raise, uh, you know, a pretty significant amount of money in, I think, in the world of summer camp. Uh, we raise uh, in the neighborhood of, of $350,000, $400,000 a year. Uh, it's about 15% of our annual revenue. Um, and uh, for us, it's great. It's not, honestly, we've been pretty successful at it, but it's not our biggest fundraiser of the year. Um, but what it does is it uh, engages a whole group of people that wouldn't necessarily normally be engaged. Um, it gets your young people, your campers, your counselors who don't have a lot of money to give um, out there engaged in the fundraising process. Uh, and then the actual donors tend to be people that you wouldn't get money from otherwise. Uh, a lot of times when you right. think about fundraising campaigns, you worry about just cannibalizing your other fundraising efforts. Uh, you have some great new idea and you know, you've, got, you've, got, you've got your annual appeal every year and you've got some great new idea and you're afraid that you're gonna be going back to those same donors and getting and asking them twice or and they're gonna give less of the other thing. Um, this tends to get brand new donors because they're, a lot of these donors are not giving necessarily directly to support your camp. They're out there to support the person who's running or, or biking or whatever mm -hmm. it is. They, and and right. that's how these things work. And I, got, I get these things all the time. You know, I, my buddy is raises money for um, uh, the hospital where his dad was treated when he had cancer and he goes on and he does a cross country ski race. Um, and I you know, give a little money to it. Or my friend who does the bikeathon for HIV research and you, you want to do it to support your friend. Um, and so uh, that's the motivation for a lot of these donors and you end up getting donors that you wouldn't otherwise um, uh, along with all the visibility. It's a really great program. Um, and of course the fact that people are out there being active uh, in the outdoors is, is, is really consistent with camp and yeah, it's been, it's, it's a, it's a great program. Yeah. And I, I imagine, I don't know this, I, you know, I'm not a camp director who's, but I imagine, you know, it's nice for you to get a break from just being the guy who has to call people and ask for money. Uh, now you've got some, uh, trusted camp, um, fans or camp people to do it for you in a fun, not, invasive way yeah i mean and honestly that's that's something we use um uh we, we've used in other fundraisers too like you know we we get you know we have a, a the main match every year where we are able to uh, on a, have a we have it's a giving day where the donor donations are stretched a little bit if you get on that day um which is pretty common we will have counselors come in and make those phone calls because uh it, it's it's a lot uh people really connect with talking to a recent counselor. Um, and it's the same thing with Can't Moves Me. Um, so it, it's definitely a huge benefit to you know, get um, all those people uh, kind of activated um, and out there talking about why camp is so great. I mean, they know that, uh, people know that I'm going to <laughs> advocate for camp and ask for money. It's my year round full-time job, I kind of have to. Right. Um, right. But uh, um, these um, uh, you know, camp counselors or campers who are out there doing it, you know, they could take a pass if they wanted to. They're doing it because they want to. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and that's really powerful for sure. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, and I think, you know, you 
Four Winds has been very successful in my eyes, um, particularly last year for, for a single month-long um, campaign. You're really raising a decent amount of money, um, and it's not like you have some, like, uh, all hands on deck. I mean, you have a good-sized team, but I don't remember. Do you remember how many people you've got that you had on as a participant last year? I think we had in the neighborhood of a dozen uh yeah and right. um and and yeah i mean this is the thing we and you know i i'm happy to take your prompt to brag a little bit here sam um we got uh we did <laughs> we raised um more um uh we raised the most money of any camp in the country last year um we raised uh, in the neighborhood of twenty two thousand dollars i believe um and um uh and we had about a dozen people on our team going and and this is the thing that that i i, I wish that more camps would participate in this um, because, um, honestly, you can, you can really make a significant impact without that much effort. Um, you, right. it, it can't be, it can't be zero effort, <laughs> it, it, uh, um, but, um, we, honestly, we haven't, you know, just speaking really frankly about it, we, we have, uh, we could put more effort in Camp Moves Me than we have, and we've still done very well with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not, it's um, not like you're planning for months no. having the same it's not like because if you were to host like like a 5k at your camp there would be a lot more planning involved in who you know stationing that and having people there to volunteer but really this is i would imagine less planning than that and you can um still raise more you know if well possibly more money than yeah than and i think that on site yeah. Go ahead. No, absolutely, for sure. And, you know, a lot of camps are, you know, th th this is a great thing. A lot of camps are in rural places. It's really hard to do uh, an on-site event in the off-season. Uh, you know, this is something that people are doing in their homes or if they're, you know, camp counselors and they're in, in college, you know, at school. Um, and, you know, they're doing it wherever they are and they're posting about it. I think the, the key is to encourage people to stick with it and to, and to post. Um, one of the things that I was surprised by initially I think we've done it for four or five years now. Um, uh, I was surprised by initially is that I thought I had to get all the pledges before October 1st. And then I was going to get the pledges and then I was going to hike my miles and then all the money would come in. The reality of the matter is, is I think I've gotten every year, this has been true of me personally. And I think it's been true of most of the bar participants, less than half of your total pledges before you get going on October 1st. Uh, it comes in over the course of the month um, and as you post. And so if I had a tip for, uh, um, for, for uh, camp directors, it would be when you get your team going, uh, attempt either you know, throughout a remedia available to you to kind of seed their donations a little bit, each participant. Make sure they have a few pledges um, because you can, um, uh, I've found that, I think this has been true. There's kind of an 80, 20 rule that tends to exist in a lot of places. Um, and we've gotten 80% of our money from about 20% of our participants. Um, right. I would bet if ACA looked at all, all of its participants and all of its camps, it would be 80% you know, of money from about 20% of the participants. Um, you kind of get, you kind of get going on it. And if you do get a little momentum, you've put it out there to your whole social network. I'm going to, I'm going to run, 15 miles, or I'm going to, I'm going to hike 15 miles or 30 miles or whatever it is. And 
man, once you get a little momentum and people put a few pledges behind you, like you're going to finish. <laughs> right, um, right. You're not, you're not going to, you know, but if you, if you go out and you try it a couple times and you've still got, you know, $0 in pledges or $10 in pledges, you might give up. Right. Um, and, uh, and so I think that that's something to be aware of is just kind of attempt, you know, either by you know, maybe the camp can make a donation to each participant, uh, or if you've got some other donors out there that you can kind of whisper in their ear and say, hey, would you consider you know, pledging 25 bucks to all of our 12 participants right. um, instead of making your annual donation this year? Right. Um, you know, and, and that just kind of seeding them a little bit. Um, uh, th- that's a, a big thing. Cause you want to you get people feeling excited about it, people feeling momentum, and then honestly, people sticking with that kind of pressure that they put on themselves by putting it out to their social network that, hey, I'm going to do this. Um, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And, and, and so uh, that's, I, I think, um, a key part of the dynamic. But, you know, I, I honestly believe, and I've said this to ACA staff, you know, I, I think that Can't Moves Me as a whole thing, as a nationwide project, I think it could be raising 10 times what it is. Uh, um, and yep. uh, um, you know, if, it's been, if it's been raising, I think, you know, in the ballpark of sixty-five to $75,000 last couple of years, I 100% think it could be $600,000, $700,000. Uh, and uh, if each camp, you know, if, if it was more camps out there, um, you know, and, and again, that awareness of it is, is huge. That posting that people posting about, Hey, this camp has changed my life and I'm out here trying to make it so that more kids can be able to go and have this experience that, that I've had. Um, yeah. that is a powerful thing. And it, it may get someone wondering who's never really had camp as part of their life. Well, what's this camp thing all about? Uh, and you know, we've got a, you know, a, camp is an amazing thing. And it only really serves about 20% of American kids. Uh, and it, and it should be, you know, well over half by, you know, but in, in the ideal world, it should be every, everybody. Um, all kids should have a camp experience, but it, there's a reality that, you know, in, um, it is an extremely strong and salient part of pockets of America, uh, but not, uh, uh, not all of America. And there's a lot of parents that are afraid of sending their kids away and all these sorts of things. Um, and if, you know, in October, when no one's thinking about summer camp, we get people posting 15 times over the course of the month about summer camp. Right. It has a huge opportunity to raise awareness and, and get people thinking about it and get, and of course we're raising money so that more kids can go. Uh, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing and a huge opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, very well put. And um, yeah, and for so this, um, because unfortunately, the timing of this episode, this um, will be coming out as the month of October has begun. But just barely, I just want to, for those, you know, who are be listening, I, it's not too late, and it doesn't take much to get going. Um, so I don't, um, we don't want it to seem like there's this big process to get going. It's really the, actually the opposite. Um, I'll be putting out a link to our Camp Moves Me page that has v- very clear step-by-step instructions. And then really, like you were mentioning, um, post on social media and you basically got the ball rolling um, and then start moving. 
Absolutely. So, it, 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 yeah. if, if you're hearing this at the beginning of October, you know, you've already, you know, October 1st has already passed. It's absolutely not too late. It'll take you in the neighborhood of an hour to set yourself up on the website, set up your mm-hmm. camp. Uh, and then if you can get somebody on your year round team, um, one of your you know, leadership team to themselves pledge to do it is, is, is very helpful to set an example maybe call five, five of your dedicated best counselors and say, Hey, would you consider doing this too? Um, and, and just see where it goes. And, and right. I think for, you know, for a lot of camps, um, you know, the, the, um, you know, we're talking about raising, uh, you know, I think that with that kind of effort, a lot of camps can raise 5,000 bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, you know, an hour of putting it in one staff member do, uh, on the leadership team doing it themselves and calling five good counselors, I think you can probably raise them in the neighborhood of four or 5,000 bucks. Um, you know, and um, if you can put a little more effort in, you know, potentially you could raise more. It, it, it does, of course, depend on, on the networks of people that, um, that the, the runners or the hikers have available to them, um, because obviously some people can give a $10 donation and some people can give a $500 donation, and that is gonna make a difference. Uh, but, um, but you can get, you can raise real money, um, you know, and for camps that are, that already have some sort of scholarship program in place, uh, it's, you can raise more money so that more kids can go to your camp, um, you know, and, uh, and that's huge. And it's, we, we should all be willing to put in a little bit of effort to make that happen. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you uh, talking to me and telling everyone about Camp Moves Me. Hey, it's my pleasure, Sam. I appreciate it. And thanks to ACA for putting it on. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be out there again. I'm, I'm going to put my video, I, put, I do a little YouTube video every year announcing my own uh, goal and I'm, I'm, I'm putting that together, uh, I think today. So awesome. uh, it'll be, uh, we're, we're going to be moving there again all October. Great. Great. Well, thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks, Sam. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Henry DeHart. I'm the new Chief Operating Officer here at the American Camp Association, based out of Raleigh, but um, in Martinsville um, with some frequency and, and around the country as much as I can be. You've been in Raleigh how long? Uh, I have lived in Raleigh for 10 years, have um, lived in the state for closer to 17 years. Okay, okay. And what were you doing down there? So I worked for the YMCA of the Triangle, and originally I was the program director, then the executive director of Camp Seagull, which is one of the three overnight camps of the YMCA of the Triangle. Um, Most recently, for the past five years, I had been the executive vice president of camping services for the Y of the Triangle. So we have Camp Seagull, Camp Seafair, and Camp Canada, and I had the privilege to work with all three of those camps. Great. I I heard a rumor that Y of the Triangle is one of the larger Ys in the country. Is that... Um, if the Y itself is, uh, um, yes, okay. definitely one of the larger Y associations in the country. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, and I think you were involved in some extracurricular camping activities, weren't you? Didn't like as far as the cabinet and maybe some other things? Yeah. So I was on the board of the North Carolina Youth Camp Association. Um, there are lots of camps in Western North Carolina and certainly some in Central and Eastern as well, like we are. Um, but uh, as I was based in Raleigh and the capital was in Raleigh, I got to be the uh, chair of their legislative affairs committee. So I got into public policy, policy advocacy and really enjoyed that and enjoyed that group of folks. There are uh, some, some great camps involved in the NCYCA. 
And then from a Y perspective, I was on the Overnight Camp Cabinet, which is an organizing body that YUSA put together to strengthen the collaboration between overnight camps in the country, Y camps, and between uh, the camps and um, YUSA, and the camps and Ys that don't have overnight camps. The majority of Ys don't have an overnight camp, and so trying to reach out to them and help them understand that they may have camping partners um, nearby. And then I was also on the um, Government Affairs Advisory Committee um, for YUSA, so help them with uh, their public policy there as well. Well, so the Y has three areas of emphasis, um, healthy living, social responsibility, and youth development, and they really recognize overnight camping um, as a jewel in the youth development space. And certainly you cover all three of those areas in camping, but um, when they look at impact and um, um, the emotional connection that their members and participants have, overnight camping resonates um, at the top of all of their youth programs. So part of the charge of the cabinet is to figure out what the secret sauce is in overnight camping and figure out how they can take pieces of that and put it in all their programs. So they recognize um, the value of of camping and um, also in day camping as well. And so because there's so many day camps, uh, I think they're going to organize around that separately. But but they see camping as a, a real shining spot in the programs and services they offer. So good right. for them for yeah. seeing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so did you go to camp as a kid? I did. So my path to camping was really through my father. My father grew up in Blacksburg, Virginia. Um, a lot of mountains, not a lot of water. Um, but he had an uncle that was into boating, and he thought that was really cool. So however you do this, when he was 12, he went on his own and researched camps. And he discovered Camp Seagull that is on um, the water, um, on the inner banks of North Carolina. And he pitched it to his parents and they said, okay. So my father was a camper and then he was a counselor. And when they opened the girls' camp, he was in medical school. And at that time, you could take the summers off, apparently, in medical school. So (laughs) he ran their sailing program the first six years that that camp um, existed. And then when he became a physician, he was a volunteer doctor at the camp. So my first summer at an overnight camp ever, I was in utero because he was volunteering at the camp and my mom was pregnant with me. So my first, I don't ever remember not being associated with a camp because we go down for a week and volunteer and the deal there was you could live on site. He'd go to the health center twice a day and, and, you know, take care of splinters and upset stomachs and mostly homesickness. And, and we just all play for the week. And so then my sister and brother and I all started going to Camp Seagull and Camp Seafair. Um, I kind of went through the ranks, camper, silt, counselor, administrative staff. Um, and then after college, um, started working as the program director. And then left and um, was in the marketing industry for about eight years. And then there was a great opportunity as I got married and we started talking about what, what we wanted our future to look like we reached out to the camp and the camp director was retiring. So I came back and and was able to move back into camping full time. So now my kids are third generation campers at those camps. And so my entry to the Y was really through camping. Um, uh, A lot of folks I know will, you know, be in the after school and youth programs and teen programs and then find camp. But I kind of found the Y through camp instead of the other way around. So long history in uh, camping there. Yeah. Well, there's a, People who are camp kids or even temporary camp kids like you were to live there 
for a brief time or all the time have such a uh, unique perspective on how great camp is. My wife was grew up at a, two camps. Oh, sure, yeah, um, yeah. Lived there full time forever, yeah. and yeah, uh, is well. So my, you know, we had a week there, right, right, and then two weeks growing up. So it was just a little snippet. But now, then my kids were born when I was the camp director at right. Seagull. And we're there for three months of the year. We didn't live on site year round, but we moved on site for, for 12 weeks. And so, and now my wife and I talk about certain aspects of their personality and their confidence and, um, and their independence all tie back to having spent so much time at the camps as little kids. When my son was eight, we laughed. We thought he... He thought he was 17 because all the counselors knew his name and would come up and joke around with him. And so we see a lot of of, um, what's positive in our kids now from that great experience. And you don't have to live there all summer, but it's just kind of unique that they got the chance to do that after I got kind of a small chance to do that. My wife and I try and take a little bit of credit for uh, um, um, how they've turned out, but we give a lot of credit to the fact that they spent those summers at camp. It's kind of a neat experience. Yeah, it's awesome. And it teaches kids like, well, about community and the safety of a good community. Uh, And my wife's talked about, and then like, or what, um, I think a camp director's job a lot of times is to just do everything and wear as many uh-huh. hats as possible. <laughs> right. And even that translates down to a camp kid, I think, because uh-huh. Ariel would be teaching um, how, like, archery uh, for, oh, for like, um, groups in the fall uh-huh. because she was around and had, had, had been <laughs> right. trained at yeah, some right. point, um, even though she, like, she was teaching, like, scouts, like, uh-huh. the proper, like, like they, she doesn't know more than they do. Sure, but sure, sure. who's nearby, yep. so, yep. Uh, which I think is an interesting aspect of camp life. Yep, absolutely, um, yep. So, what, you kind of talked a little bit, do you have, like, a best memory of camp, or maybe, like, or one of your first memories? I don't think you remember the... Um, being in, uh, not born yet. No, no, camp, no, no. But, well, uh, <laughs> so I'll tell you the story of my first actual memory as a camper. But, I, I, you know, I, before I do that, I will say, you know, my overarching memory of camp is I just always felt like I was my best self there. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt more confident. I felt more successful. I felt more, you didn't bring some of the baggage that you had with people you were in school with your whole entire life. And, you know, you went from middle school to high school and all those people knew you from way back when, you know, you kind of got to start fresh every summer. So, you know, overarching. And one of the reasons I went into this as a profession was um, how I felt about myself um, while I was at camp. And it's for a variety of different reasons at different stages. But I will tell you my first memory of camp. So the first time I decided um, that I was going to be uh, an overnight camper and be official, I my parents had to pry my fingers off the car. I was uh, so uh-huh. not excited. I mean, I was excited until we got there, of yeah. course. Was just not ready. I was terribly homesick my first year, and so they, you know, they'd parked the car in a strategic area because uh-huh. they saw this. They saw this coming down the, <laughs> the around the cor- corner and. And so there, it's time to leave, and then literally they're having to pry my hands off the car, and I'm crying, and they get me calmed down, and I go back to the cabin, and all right, I'm okay, I'm here. I can't walk in the cabin crying, and so I'm like, let me just collect myself. So the, the cabin that I had had a front porch that was kind of raised, so I kind of leaned over the porch, took a couple of deep breaths, and looked up, and without, without knowing it, way off in the distance was the front gate of camp, and I saw my parents' car go out the gate. <laughs> 
uh-huh. and I lost it all over again. <laughs> and of course, the counselor and the head counselor came over, and and um, I was already marked as that homesick child. But uh, um, um, I got over it, and it stuck because I'm still in camping now at my age. Yeah. So. Yeah. Then, <laughs> That's then, my very first memory of camp. What a tool to have later. They could just be like, Henry, we got a homesick kid. Come talk to him. Oh, and talking <laughs> to parents. Yeah, and, yeah. and they talk about their child, and I can say to the child and to the parent, hey, I was really homesick. Yeah. And look at me. Look, you know, I love it now. You're going to be great. Yeah. Um, but the the first year, and, and a little bit of the second year, I was very homesick when I was at camp. I had to get over that. Interesting. Interesting. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so... You've spent some time over the years as a volunteer for ACA or in uh-huh. the ACA world. How did you get started with that, and what kind of roles did you have? Sure, yeah. So um, when I first became the program director at Camp Seagull, the camp director at the time said, um, and, and we, we at that time I lived down in Arapahoe, North Carolina, um, which is not close to anything. So you don't have as many opportunities for professional development and collegiality and, you know, you know the people that camp. And that's probably true of a lot of camps mm-hmm. that we work with. Um, and the camp director said, it's important that you grow and learn and the place to do that is the ACA. Mm-hmm. So it, he really pointed full-time staff towards the ACA for professional development. And then strongly encouraged all of us to become ACA um, accreditation visitors because a it would be a good experience for us to learn the the standards inside and out but b it gave you a reason to go see camping when camping was happening go see a camp when camp is in session which is so hard to do in the summer and so um he basically said this is important you need to do it and we'll make time in the summer for you to go do that so really encouraged all of us to do that so that was kind of my entree into aca and then, you know, that, that I've continued doing that and tried to model that when I was camp director. And, and then you get to a point at your career where you feel like, you know, you can help clear the path for those that are just beginning their career. So I have done a number of sessions at different conferences at the Southeast and at National and have just stayed involved and, and connected. Okay, great. And then did, did you do some public policy so I, I really, I, I did. Um, I um, was doing public policy um, with the, the North Carolina, North Carolina Youth right. Camp Association and then with the camp cabinet, the, y, the, the YMCA camp cabinet. And fortunately, um, Tom and the ACA realized that um, in public policy, we had a collective voice if there were more people under the tent. And so reached out to the uh, YMCA and to um, the Jewish uh, Camping Federation and um, I I think is also in discussions with Girl Scouts and put together this uh, camp down the hill in May and so went and was a part of that and and was there with Tom and other ACA folks and and, um, so part of the public policy bled right into um, ACA work, which was great. It's funny because I, you know, I was getting updates about that as from for social media and communications uh-huh. uh, purposes when that was happening. And I've seen all those photos many times. <laughs> and then the other day I saw one again. And I realized now that I know you. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, hey, I know that Henry's, guy. <laughs> Henry was there. I didn't know he was there. That's right. Because <laughs> I wouldn't have thought about it. I was, you just were somebody I didn't recognize. <laughs> um, so now that you've started here and you're stuck with us, what are, what are, your, what are you most looking forward to in your new role here at ACA? Well, you know, I think it's a, um, so I'll answer that two different ways. I think it is a really important time in the camping industry. 
um, I think the camps are in the process of, um, for lack of a better term, reinventing themselves and going from something quaint that, you know, our parents did off in some remote location in the woods to something that is, um, uh, doesn't always look and feel the way that traditional camp did, serves a much broader group of folks, uh, um, has a much broader group of activities and engagement, is year-round. Um, and, and so I, I think that, that the industry is pivoting as the world changes so quickly. And so to be a part of that journey is really exciting to me because uh, I, I, it's not easy. It's, it's not, it, and there's not always, you don't always take, get the, the answer right the first time. And so to be a part of that, that um, this important time um, in camping in the United States is really exciting to me. So that's one way I'll answer. The other way is I'm very excited to work with all the people that I will work with. I, you know, I have yet to find somebody that works for a camp that isn't just a quality person that, that, um, is helpful and, and, uh, a, a people person and connector and wants to lift you up. And so, so I know that in this role already here at the ACA, I, that has been my experience, but as I get out there and start to connect with folks at camps and, um, I'm just looking forward to all the different uh, neat people that I'll get to meet. So yeah. that, that also is really exciting to me. Well, speaking of that, are you, do you got stuff on the calendar coming up? Are you going to be places? Do you know that yet? Um, I, so we're beginning to work that out. Okay. I will be at um, the Southeastern Conference. Okay. Um, I, I got accepted to present there before I took this oh, role. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and uh, we all circled the wagons and decided I could just keep on doing that. Okay. So um, I will be there. Of course, I'll be at National Conference. I'm actually going to be at the YMCA Global Camping Conference okay. that is in November for any of those Y camps. I was on the planning committee for that as well, and um, Tom is Tom Rosenberg is speaking there, and okay. so we'll be at that. I think I am now in the process of trying to – I won't be able to be everywhere right. in my first year, mm -hmm. and so trying to be strategic and look at um, conferences that other, other folks are going to and make sure that we're spreading out and dividing and conquering. So sure. uh, beyond that, I, don't, I haven't locked in the calendar yet, but I am in the process of doing that. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm also um, um, beginning to um, – virtually at least reach out and meet the all our various local councils of leaders and so i'm looking forward to that as well yeah. so two things that are on my short list for right. sure right. so if you heard it if you're going to southeastern that's right you better or if you haven't, <laughs> you haven't registered yet you better register and don't miss your chance to meet henry yep yep you know, absolutely. a lot of people in that uh, that local office probably already know you um or maybe maybe they so, do, so some do some yeah. don't i'm sure yeah yeah um, there's some great folks there uh we got we got a lot of most of our local office local conferences are coming up in the next few months right Most right of them are yep. fall and early winter yeah um so any listener who look make sure you're checking out on social media or on our website or your newsletter about um, registration info for your your local conference yeah i'm active on very active on twitter so if you want to yeah. uh, give me a shout out and yeah. uh, um um Invite me to come your way. I will certainly see that. And, and, we'll, and, and when we post this online, we'll tag Henry and um, great. And yeah, we'll tag you in the, on our on the the posts and the tweets. Um, so the last thing I want to ask, and I ask most most people, I ask this to try to get down to is why does camp matter? So I think that camp matters now more than ever. Um, for a whole variety of reasons. You know, when I was a kid, um, I grew up in South Carolina. Um, I would, on a Saturday, jump on my bike 
and head off to a friend's house or um, to the little tennis courts that were in our neighborhood or wherever. And I may or may not come home for lunch. You know, I may find lunch at someone where else. And my parents just knew that I was out there and I was okay. And then I'd come back and they actually had one of those old school dinner bell. You know, we were in a, the suburbs, but they had this dinner bell they'd ring so we'd know um, in the in the warm uh, uh, season when to come back to eat dinner. Start salivating. Kids, kids don't have that kind of independence now. Right. You know, it's just a different world. Parents are not comfortable um, cutting their kids loose like that. And so camp, you know, the one of the only things that parents need to give their children for them to be successful in life that by definition they can't give them themselves is independence. And so camp is a great solution to that. It's a safe space where kids can be independent and and we can teach parents how to be independent, which with my generation of parents, we need to learn that a little bit. Um, so, so that's really critical. Also, um, with the um, prevalence of all the digital means of interacting now and social media, kids interact in a different way. And that's not necessarily bad, but because of um, the environment we just described, there are fewer chances for kids to be face-to-face and learn how to engage with the person that's right in front of them. So my kids go to camp for four weeks. It's a little bit of a longer session. And they both will say to you, they actually look forward to putting their phones down for, you know, they don't choose to do it at home. I point that out to them. But um, <laughs> um, they actually look forward to, it's it's a pressure to, to be out there, to see what's happening, to like your friends' things. They kind of like being unplugged for um, a month. Um, and, and the people who struggle with it more are really the parents who are used to being able to check in on their kids at their fingertips. And, and so we end up coaching the parents more than we do the kids about it. And so um, opportunities to be outside and engage with the natural world, engage in face-to-face relationships and, and connect with what's right in front of you, to build that independence where there are not as many spaces. I think that that I think that camping is more important now than it has ever been. And um, you know, children are statistically safer now than they've ever been in the history of ever. But I'm thinking of our country. You know, if you look at the the statistics on on crime and violence against children, it's the lowest it has been in our history. And yet parents' concern for safety is the highest it's ever been in our history, which goes back to social media and everything right in front of us. And, and so, so with that anxiety of parents, it, it also closes the circle of opportunities where you can engage in this kind of stuff. And, and camp provides those opportunities. And so I, I just think that it is, I think kids need camp now more than ever. And so I'm a I'm a, a big proponent of, of the camping movement and what it brings to children and how we can partner with parents in the education uh, of their kids um, and schools and how we partner in helping their children build the skills to reach their greatest potential. Um, and we can provide some of those things that are so important. Um, and and so I, I it's a great it, it's a great thing and I'm glad to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, great. That was great. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you very much. I've never been on a podcast before, so I'm very excited about this. I will continue to try and tell my kids that I'm cool, and they will continue to disagree with me. But this gives me one more feather in my cap, so thank you for the invitation. This is about to go viral, and you'll blow up. All right, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. (laughs) Thank you.
Thanks again to Paul Sheridan and Henry DeHart for talking with me on this episode. It's great to get to know more about each of them and about Camp Moves Me. As a reminder, Camp, Camp Moves Me is really easy to set up a team. Uh, lots of camps last year set up a team in the first week of October and still were able to raise a, a good chunk of money. Um, so go to acacamps.org and if you scroll down um, on, that, on our main page, there's going to be a big Camp Moves Me logo. Click there and it'll tell you everything you need to know. And if you have any problems, give us a call or email me um, and uh, we'll get you figured out. If you're, if you're listening on iTunes and feel so inclined, please rate the podcast in the podcast app. And if you enjoy listening to Campwire and are listening through any platform, uh, please tell a friend or a coworker or someone you met at a conference or something. Word of mouth is still an effective tool. Uh, follow us on social media, at ACA Camps, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we post regularly about all kinds of things and we post our content like campy magazine articles and blog posts um, updates on our large research project uh, so follow along and read along and and thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for the next episode mm-hmm.